Welcome to Football on the Rocks, where we pour ourselves a glass and help you dominate the fantasy football competition. During the season, we will recap the action for the week, identify targets to stock up on and targets to pour out, discuss our weekly positional rankings, and give you our DraftKings DFS picks of the week. So, Grab your glass, maybe put some rocks in it, and join three fantasy football experts and whiskey enthusiasts every week as we help you salvage your draft, win your league, and fight for the millionaire. Hello and welcome to Football on the Rocks. I'm your host, Joe Niehoff. I'm joined, of course, tonight by both Bobby and John. We have the full crew back again tonight. Um, why don't we start with you, John? What you got in your in your glass? Well, after the disgrace of last week, I decided to make myself a real old fashioned. Nice. What the disgrace of last week? Just to put <laughs> Bobby's uh, concoction to bed. No, no. I just got to say that we are lucky that I was at the store last week. Otherwise, instead of an orange peel, we would have been using clementines. Because I have children, and that's what we have at our house typically. So it yes. could have been worse. I don't know if it could have been a whole lot worse. Clementines <laughs> and grenadine. You, you hit an epic high with that one, Bobby. That's, you know, that's, that's going to be tough to beat. Yeah. See, I, I set the bar high. Yeah, I guess that's that's good. Well, maybe we'll have to make another game bet or something, and, and you might have to make me drink a sugar beer or something. Something like that at some point, so we'll see. Yeah. Joe, you really got to stop making bets. <laughs> yeah, Bob, you want to give a quick update before we talk about what you're drinking on our, our bet standing? Uh, yeah, let me pull up the stats on that. So while I do that, I'm going to tell you about my drink, actually, because I'm booting up my computer as we speak here. All right. What are you drinking? Um, I am drinking a Royale with cheese. Excuse me? Anyone catching that reference? Yeah. Royale with cheese is what it's called. It it is, uh, it's a double IPA, New England style with uh, citric and mosaic hops from Junkyard Brewing, one of my favorites. Uh, I've I've actually had some of their other beer prior, so I'm not going to get too much into their uh, their brewery itself. Um, But one of my favorites. Anytime I can find some of their stuff, I am grabbing it. And running with it as quickly as I can because it is good stuff and it goes fast, at least around my parts of the uh, neck of the woods here. Uh, it's from Moorhead up in Minnesota, and I am going to be saving this can. So I just realized I need to go get my special can opener so I can open it from the bottom. Very good. Very good. Well, let me tell you what I got tonight. And uh, I, I'm, I fell victim to my website thing that I was telling you guys about, going online and checking out the, the websites and all that kind of fun stuff. So after our uh, podcast last week, I was messing around on Buffalo Trace's website, and I realized that they have a ridiculous amount of bourbons, whiskeys, you name it. They, they just got, they got everything. Just to name a few, you have the, the Buffalo Trace, of course, Eagle Rare, which we spoke about last week. Then they have their antique collection. 
Uh, and this is like all on the website. And and like their antique is a George T. Stag. Uh, for anybody that's had that before, it's that's their in their antique collection. They have OFC vintages. Uh, they have an experimental collection. And some of the ones that are, again, and that is just, it's a, literally called experimental collection. And it's a, you know, bottle of whiskey. They have their Van, Pappy Van Winkles. Um, I, I mean, there's tons of them. Blanton's is on here. So I decided that I, and this might be dangerous because, you know, the, you know, you're gonna have to go through the price of all these different things, but I decided to go and try uh, a few of their different selections. And I might try to just go through Buffalo trace, the distillery um, and go and try to have a little bit of everything that they got. So this week I went and bought a bottle of Weller. I got the green label, uh, which is their uh, special reserve. And I will say, uh, I am a fan. I, I just barely opened the bottle. Um, it's very smooth. That's a, the one thing I say a lot uh, with ones that I like. Uh, it is This one is uh, It's said to be based off of rye grain, so it's got a little bit more of that, that rye taste uh, to it. Um, but a very, very soft, smooth, easy-drinking Weller, um, and that's a special reserve, the green label. So... That's what I'm drinking tonight. Um, but, yeah, I think I might just go through their entire – I mean, I don't know if I can get a Pappy bottle, but, you know, I don't mind going through the the the, the kind of the whole Buffalo Trace stuff and see what else uh, I like. So You're going to be, gonna be dropping a pretty penny on those antique collections, Joe. I, I know. And there's this one that I clicked on, John. It's I'm intrigued but also scared. It's wow. and, and literally when they talk about it, it's like the, I, I just click on it again. It says Buffalo carved a pathway followed by Americans first explorers. Those brave pioneers distilled whiskey using traditional methods and drink it right off the still. They called it white dog. <laughs> so they have this white dog bottle and I'm curious. I, I mean, I'm telling you that they, they, they got a bunch of different stuff that I'm very curious about. So, well, the, cool stuff. Uh, the collection of antique, the the full antique collection is going for about thirteen grand. Yeah, well, again, it's this could take us several years worth of podcasts for me to get all of these. But this week, I went to the store and bought a sixty dollar bottle of Weller. Okay, so <laughs> you know we're not going for thirteen grand here, but uh, yeah, we're definitely gonna get into some of these as we can find them as we go. All right. So what's the bet so, Bob? Where are we so at? The, the update on the scores here. Um, we have nine bets that are open yet because they're either season long or, or something along those lines. Of those bets, though, that we have that have already finished, um, John is understandably in last place. He only has four points, and uh, I believe they're all double-checking. Yes, they're all from the DFS High scores between the three of us wins. So John has won because four times out of the eight weeks that we've been doing our thing. So John is the guy to listen to when it comes to DFS, apparently. Um, Joe, you have won five points. Um, nine weeks, by the way. We've been doing it for nine weeks. Yeah, but anyway, we, didn't we, didn't do, we didn't do the first week. Yep. Way to well, pay attention, we Joe. 
No, we didn't. We did. No, we didn't, we didn't no, we do didn't. a league for the first week. So we didn't do it for the first week. But okay, whatever. You're not very good at paying Keep attention. Going. Um, Joe, you have five points, um, and I have twelve because you're not good at bets. Yeah, I've I've definitely lost a few. I've been a little bit uh, uh, snake bitten by a couple of them, but that's okay. Yeah, well, I mean, last week we had uh, we had Love versus Mahomes, and I won that because Jordan Love scored like eleven points, and all like so we got ten. Like I said, snake bitten, right? So just yeah. just. You know, you tried giving me one and I still lost. <laughs> I, I know, right? Uh, or like Jordan Howard just being a beast, apparently. Yeah, he just shows um, up and gets the ball 25 times. Like, yeah, not, o- not only six points, but way more than six points. He, yep. he was, uh, just And that was a good prediction by but you. That's, and and yeah. kudos to you for doing that. Like I said, uh, desperation play, you don't get it. And if you're ahead of everybody else. Yep. Didn't have to spend anything on that. So there you go. here we are, uh, you know, about a little over almost halfway through the season here. We rolling into week 10. Um, I got it comfortably, but there are nine bets open yet that can still be kind of flip flopped either way due to injuries or whatever else it might be. Yeah. So 100%. All right. Good deal. Well, let's, uh, let's get into this week a little bit um, from a, uh, recap of last week, what I'm going to do um, instead of talking about injuries uh, and such, I mean, there's a couple things that are uh, curious to discuss, you know, obviously OBJ, where might he end up and, you know, what is that going to look like? We can talk a little bit about that as we go today, but um, I had a couple questions that I got from listeners, friends, people uh, that ask questions since they now know that we do a fantasy football podcast. Uh, and they don't like submit them to us so we can be like, oh, that's great. Let's just answer that question. No, no, they just kind of like ask me and I'm like, oh, well, I got to try and remember that for the podcast. So, so submit those them. questions, by the way, to our listeners that because uh, Joe's not very good at remembering things for one and for two, um, I like to get emails. So uh, football <laughs> OTR at Gmail. Yeah, uh, you can also find us on Twitter. Ask us any questions there as well. Same handle there fo- at football OTR. That's right. Anyway, so uh, one of the questions I got was from one of our uh, friends and slash. I think they've listened to us maybe once or twice. Was should they trade Mahomes and Hill? They have Mahomes and Hill on their team, and they're asking, "Is it time? Do I trade them?" So I just want to get you guys' opinion um, on a couple of things there. It's like, you know, is, is it, like, do you start to see what kind of value you can get for them? Um, and if so, what kind of value should you expect, if any, uh, depending on who you're trading there? Op- opinions. John, if, do you want to go first here? I got Yeah, I good... mean, he still has the third highest average for wide receiver in PPR. Um, so, I mean, I... I don't know that you're going to get great value for him, but I mean, looking at the, looking at kind of their last four games, which would be the playoff games, they play at the Chargers against Pittsburgh, at Cincinnati, and at Denver. So I think they all play tough defenses. All yeah, they play four tough defenses when you're in the playoffs. Um, so I think I, I mean. It, it all depends on what you can get from him. If you're kind of running back medium wide receiver, I could see 
um, spinning him off a running back if yep. you can get one. Um, but if it was me, I'd probably just keep him because they're he's one of the, he's one of the few people who can win you a week. See, I, I hit that sell, sell, sell button really fast, actually. Um, Kansas City has the hardest remaining schedule for quarterbacks and the fourth hardest schedule for wide receivers going forward from this point on to the rest of the season. As, as you already kind of alluded to with, uh, with those last couple of games there. So if I can get comparable you know, 90 cents of a dollar, you could probably actually, you know, say, hey, I'm giving you Mahomes, I'm giving you the best player, and be getting actually a better guy back, um, at least statistically going forward from this point on. Like, there's probably somebody out there that would give you uh, Dak Prescott for Mahomes, and you could probably get a running back two or a flex-worthy guy back from that person, and then they go, heck yeah, give me Mahomes, I'm, I'm winning that bet. Not knowing that Dallas actually has like the fourth most favorable matchups the rest of the season, and their playoff schedule is crazy easy. I think they get Washington twice and the Giants in there too when you're talking playoff time. So, um, you know, if you could if you could flop uh, Mahomes for for Dak and something else, I mean, hell, I, I would be hard-pressed to pass on that. And I agree with that statement, Bob. If I can get Dak and something, absolutely. I think anybody would do that. But the problem is, and this is what I found out in general in just trying to trade quarterbacks, um, they're really difficult to trade, especially in one quarterback leagues. Mm -hmm. So the value you're going to get, like if you're expecting to get something in addition uh, in a trade with like a, a Mahomes and trying to get like a Mahomes Dak thing, you're just not going to get what you want. I feel like, and in some cases, the savvy fantasy guy isn't going to trade you Dak for him because they know what they're doing. So it, it's that becomes a little bit more difficult, um, and you almost have to go down a level. You almost have to be like, okay, I'll go get the Kirk Cousins and you know give me a flex player I can start. Yeah, but for the Vikings, Mahomes. but you, you, you're not looking at the the strength of schedule going forward. You just named the fourth hardest quarterbacks schedule the rest of the season. I'm, I'm just saying, our like I'm that would be a bad trade. Like Don't you're not going to get a Dak. Don't from listen Mahomes. to Joe. You Don't might be able to do to a Joe. Dak from Mahomes straight up. Okay, yeah. it, and that would be a great trade. For but you. if you go to like and you try to go down and you say, okay, well, I, I'm going to try to get two players in this. Well, yeah, you might be able to trade a Kirk Cousins and get an additional player. No, that would be a terrible trade. I, okay, don't I'm, do what that I'm trade. Trying, my point is that I don't that think you get the value you want out of it, and I and, and to get the horrible. value you want out of it, you need to downgrade a quarterback significantly. Otherwise, why would somebody trade with you? Because of the name recognition that that Mahomes I, brings, and the hey, I got Patrick Mahomes, and this guy, you know, somebody might be willing to do that no and uh and no bobby no and and with hill by the way my opinion on hill don't trade him he's still the top a top five fourth wide fourth receiver. most difficult fourth most difficult schedule the rest of the way i it doesn't with matter wide receivers. he's still that's like saying that uh Devontae adams isn't going to catch the ball because he's playing against the best defense in the league you know look um, at look at running backs uh, tampa bay 
a couple play, weeks you, ago, you know, the, Joe. The wide receiver, the running backs against Tampa Bay are like the most difficult team to play against. Well, yeah, that's true. But then Cordell Patterson scores 30 points because he catches six balls, scores two touchdowns. Yeah. Like, it, like that's just – it's an arbitrary assumption. You're making an assumption there. What I'm trying to say is I don't think you get the values of the players that you want, and I don't trade Hill because I still think he's a top five wide receiver the rest of the season. I'd say he's not. I'm not supposed to make any bets with you, but I'll make that bet. Joe, you're – yeah, you're an idiot. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I'll make that bet. I still think Tyreek Hill is absolutely a top five wide receiver the remainder of the year. I don't know how you're going to track that, Bobby, but go ahead, put it down. The, the, the turning of the tide. Yeah. Uh, next one is Carr versus Wentz. We had our cousin Allie ask if she should drop Carr and pick up Carson Wentz. John, you have an opinion? Drop David Carr and pick up Wentz. Yep. I'm assuming David Carr is her backup quarterback um, and looking for somebody like Wentz. I, I don't know who her starter was, but I would assume it's somebody that is better, but is on maybe by this week and she needed to stream a, a quarterback that she had Carr. So the, the crazy thing about Carson Wentz is since week five, so these last five weeks, he has finished in the top 14 of quarterbacks. He's at least been a startable quarterback, at least in 12, 12 quarterback leagues or 12-team leagues, um, each and every single week. Last week, he was quarterback five on the week. So Carson Wentz is actually doing a lot better these last few weeks. Now, I say that and then look at, okay, what will his schedule look like the rest of the way? One of the hardest defensive schedules to fantasy football, at least. 31st against quarterbacks. 30th against running backs, 27 receivers. So as good as these players for Indianapolis have been, we're going to start to see some drop-off from that, um, just given the matchups facing. Uh, and so I don't like Wentz for that reason uh, going forward. On the flip, looking at Derek Carr, you named the easiest quarterback schedule the rest of the season. The easiest one ball. Is is theirs, and now, granted, it was the beginning of the season, um, but up until their bye week in week seven, Derek Carr was a top eleven quarterback in five of the first seven weeks. So we know that there is really good potential there and some good consistent output. Um, I don't see that falling off. Now, is he going to get you those top five, top six um, performances? Maybe, maybe not. But his schedule gets immensely easier the rest of the way. And so if I had to versus Carr, I'm, I'm leaning Carr for all of those reasons. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's also a question of is it just for like one week or are you – this is someone you're trying right. to hold. Like, do you have Burrow or someone on by, and then you just need to pick someone up? I think right. this week I would go with Carr against Kansas City. Exactly. Just because, I mean, if you just look at their games in the past, quarterbacks have done well. Yep. Yeah, and, and I think that's the point to make, John. That's, that's really what it comes down to. Because at the end of the day, if you're debating on do I start David Carr or Carson Wentz every single week, then that's not a good sign for your quarterback room. Does that make yeah. sense? 
Um, and I think that's the biggest point there. Next the, that I had, you know, with everything that's going on in the NFL, like you said, we have a bunch of different things going on right now. One of them is Delvin Cook. So a lot of people have been kind of eyeing into what's going on with him. Is this a, a situation where, you know, are you skeptical and you say, you know what, I'm just going to just gonna try to trade him, get rid of him, get something for him, and if you do, what do you try to get? Or do you kind of just play it out and stick with your guns? I mean, I don't know if I have Delvin Cook. Maybe I'm more likely to trade for Madison before you hear news. Okay. If you don't have Madison. Um, I feel like no one's going to pay top dollar for Cook. No. If he – until you have something certain. I think I'd rather pay up for Madison who's had two, you know, over 25-point games in the two games he's been the starter. Right. So I'd rather just sure up a good – a top five running back position rather than um, just trying to sell low on uncertainty. Exactly. That's, that's what I would do too. If I have cooked, I'm, I'm going to go and find Madison um, with the uncertainty of things that Madison owner might be a little bit unreasonable. Um, so that's just something that you'll have to understand that you might run into going into that, um, that they'll probably say, hey, I need a, wide receiver two or a running back two from you, you know, you have to be willing to, or have the depth at least to be able to pay that price in order to get them. Yeah. Uh, Cause in the weeks that Madison was the starter, he was running back seven and running back six Yeah, on those two weeks that he was the starter for the whole game. So um, you know that you have somebody that's, <laughs> you have a top 10 running back week in and week out. Yep, I think that's a good point. I'm not going to add anything to that. Um, the last one I think has become a little bit more relevant in recent weeks as far as just discussion, uh, and that is who's the real, like, you know, I don't know. And and I think this is a good thing to discuss primarily because um, there are going to be people that might be looking at making some, you know, some moves or some pickups. Who's the running back of choice for you guys between Jacobs and Drake in Las Vegas. Jacobs. Yeah. I mean, he just gets he just gets the touches. Yeah. I mean, Drake's well, gotten catches the last three weeks, but I I mean, I'd rather have the guy who's getting ten to fifteen carries a week than the guy who's getting, you know, two to six and has one week of over four of over ten carries. Right. Now, with that, so looking at um, some consistency, one of those that I was looking at that uh, consistency score, like that range of uh, outcome window uh, thing that we were putting together here. Kenyon Drake has been at least startable in all but three of the weeks that he's uh, played. So, and startable meaning a top 30 at the position. Um, three, the last three weeks, he was ninth, 11th and 19th. That's Kenyon Drake He's actually, uh, the 19th most consistent by my rankings, um, running back in the league right now. Um, you drop down to Josh Jacobs. Um, he has been consistently again, top 30 
if you add actually top 31, he falls just outside of that, like a startable guy. Um, but top 31 in all but two weeks of the season and those couple of weeks that he wasn't, he was hurt. <laughs> so uh, you knew not to play him in those weeks. So um, Josh Jacobs immensely, immensely uh, consistent when he does play, but he doesn't have any of those, you know, top 12 games yet. His best finishes is week one when he was 14th or um, just three weeks ago, he was, he was 15th best at the position. So he's not getting you that big giant boom, but he's not wrecking you either. Yeah, I just want to make a quick point. Like, here's the that's the thing with uh, with Jacobs. Like, so he's this season in particular, he's been kind of middle of the road. You're not, like you said, you're not getting those highs where, like, I think last year he had two games where he had like three touchdowns. Um, but Drake, the and the reason why I even brought up this question the last three weeks, Drake had, I believe he's outscored Jacobs the last three weeks in a row. Let me just double check that. So 13, 15, or uh, in week six, he had 20 points. Drake did. Week seven, 15. And week uh, nine, he had 13. And Jacobs had 14, 14, and 11. So he's outscored him three weeks in a row, and it's been kind of a growing trend. One week, yes, John, he did have more carries, but it's been more of the the pass-catching deal. And now with the departure – um, of rugs and some of the changes, departure of their head coach, you know, and some of the changes that the, that team has individually made moving forward. I just see him being more involved. And again, if you go back three weeks, when it, you know that's when they got rid of Gruden, and the last three weeks he's been the top running back scorer. So it's just something to pay attention to. He could be a, a guy if he's on your waiver wire, so to speak. Could be a sneaky, not a sneaky, but you know, a good pickup, a solid pickup. Uh, somebody that you could uh, you know consider and just uh, have as a potential flex on uh, that is Drake uh, as you kind of move forward. So just something mm-hmm. to something to think about. Yeah, uh, but when I look at him, I mean, his best week was week six. He had he touched the ball six times and two of them were touchdowns. Uh, that's not. Right. You're, I'm, you're not I'm not relying on. I'm not relying right. on that kind of performance. Yeah, I agree. Um, I wouldn't rely on that either, but to that same note, like what has he done the last three weeks? You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't disagree last, with what last y'all are three saying. Time, but last three times out there, Kenyon Drake. How long do you have to consistently get those points to be able to say, okay, now it's consistent? Is there a time frame on that? You know, is it, it's like, okay, after six weeks. Yeah, when, when do you start trusting Drake? And part of it is, you know, um, it does have something to do with who else do you have because he is probably someone that you're flexing because there is that what's going to happen. Is this going to be the week where he's one of the worst performing guys out there? Yeah. Uh, like he was, you know, early on in the season, week four, five, three, four, five. Um, he was virtually unstartable in some of those games. And so if you did play him, you were hurt bad. Uh, then he had two really good games. Then he had bye week. Came back after that bye with splitting carries and, and time with Jacobs. I mean, if one of them was the guy, you're talking a great running back. 
but they split it, and you know they're both top twenty-four players um, at the position, but you know they they kind of eat into each other a little bit. Yeah, so you get a little frustrated. Yeah. They they do. So anyway, all right, we'll we'll get off of this one. It's probably a, a rabbit hole we didn't need to go down. Let's start getting into our poured out games again. John, me, and you are going to run this. Bobby, you can make your comments as you as you feel fit. Um, I will say, as I was putting this together this week, there really, in my opinion, isn't that many really fun games to watch this week. You know, I, you know, I think we've had some good games just on TV that have developed. Last week had a couple really good ones uh, for anybody that was sitting there watching football all weekend. Um, but, you know, I just don't feel like there's that many this week. So to start, like the first game I have in the poured out games uh, is Baltimore and Miami. Um, John, do you want to take this? Or you want me to run with it first? John. Hello. I'll run with it while he gets his stuff figured out. So I'm for me, out. yeah, for me, Baltimore, uh, Miami, I think this one's pretty simple. I mean, at the end of the day, you're looking at anything and everything you have in Baltimore and you're, you're going to be excited about the guys there. So, Lamar Jackson is, you know, this is one of those weeks where I don't think you're going to get a 35 point week like you might have got out of him last week uh, in this game. But I definitely think this is a, you know, a 20, 25 pointer. He'll have some rushes, you know, he'll get you the baseline yards, maybe throw a touchdown pass in there and and overall have a decent week for you. Um, Marquise Brown's a wide receiver I target, and it's tough to just pick any running back right there right now. Um, I mean, if there is one, Bobby, do you have a favorite in Baltimore as far as running back goes? Um, I would lean towards Devonta Freeman. Uh, looks like uh, Latavius Murray is doubtful with that ankle injury, um, so probably not going to see him again this week. That's just one less guy I really have to um, worry about in that backfield. But yeah. it's going to be probably Freeman and Bell spelling a little bit, but I expect that to be like a 70-30, 60-40 kind of a split. Yeah. Between the, those two guys. Yeah, and then and the same thing with, uh, you know, again, if I'm looking at just players in Baltimore, I you know, starting at uh, uh, Andrews, Mark Andrews as well. Uh, on the Miami side, it, you know, I don't – it's tough, right? So is Tua going to play? Um, I yeah. haven't seen anything. I don't know if you have. Right, right now he's questionable going into uh, the game. So we'll see. It's going to come really down to his ability to grip that football and, and how comfortable he is. Yeah. Um, they're going to look at him probably pregame and, and make a decision. But it sounds as though he's going to be active going into the game. And then he'll either be like a, a backup or emergency quarterback would be my guess. And so if you do have two, I would start now make some arrangements, grab somebody else, maybe like a Carson Wentz or, or, a, or a Derek Carr, depending on what your waiver wire looks like. Um, grab somebody like that and throw them on your bench and just have a, a contingency plan in case he is deemed um, out or, or that, at least that backup role. Um, that's where I would lean at least. Yeah. I, I don't and, expect and then- him to play, though. Well, and then on the on the Miami side too, you got you got Gaskins. You know he's tough for me this week against uh, a a decent Baltimore rushing defense. I mean they they shut down Dalvin Cook after his big run. Um, and then on the wide receiver side there too, like I, they have some injuries there, so there might be some value. 
and they're more likely playing from behind. So yeah, maybe you look at a Waddle. Um, Jacecki's kind of a he's a decent kind of floor tight end for you at least, probably about seven points or so on a floor side. Um, and it, Devonta Parker, you know, well, who knows what Parker you're going to get this week, so to speak. Well, Parker's plays. Parker's on IR. Oh, he is now. I, was, I just said if he plays, so that's there you go. Uh, and again, that brings some value to Waddle at the end of the day, but but that gives you an idea. So not much in that game, but uh, some good some good pieces there for you. Um, next one, Seattle Green Bay. John, I have on the list. Why don't you take that? I mean, I think the big question for this game will be if um, Wilson and Rodgers play. I think that that just kind of drastically changes. And also seeing if. Um, OBJ ends up on either of these teams because these are two of the teams he's rumored to want to go to. Um, I think Wilson Wilson might be cleared for the game. Um, but even with that, Green Bay has, uh, I think they're the eighth toughest against quarterbacks for the year. So it's not the easiest matchup, but if you have Russell, he's probably the best option for you. Um, unless you have, like, drafted him and Brady back-to-back. Um, I think also watch Chris Carson might be coming back from IR this week. So I think he he's probably a decent play this week if he comes back. Um, and then I think you're, you know, DK and Lockett, you're, if you have them, you're going to start them just because they have that big play potential. But still just another difficult defense. Um, kind of saw them slow down Kansas City last week. So another difficult defense. I don't know that you feel great about all of your Seattle players. And then for um, Green Bay, I think it's an easier matchup offensively. Um, I think, you know, even though Seattle's going up against better defense, maybe just if Rodgers plays, then maybe that just picks up the pace of play and there's more more scoring um and more throwing if Seattle's playing from behind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's what you watch in this game is, again, it. I think it's as much as it's, you know, if Wilson plays, I think it's more as if Rodgers plays. If Rodgers plays, it's a higher scoring game. There, I don't think there's a question as, as to if Roger will play this week. Then, then again, I think it's a higher scoring game in general. Seattle doesn't excite me much, other than like going with a DK. Um, right. Just because so with they, Metcalf, I mean, as uh, if you think about his season so far, they played eight games. They were off um, by last week, uh, but Seattle's played eight games. How many of those weeks would you say he was a top thirty wide receiver in eight games? Yeah. Probably five. I would say four. Yeah, six, actually. Six? Yeah. Six. And in four of those eight, he was a top 12 wide receiver. Yeah. I, I was mean, just it, saying, it, he's had he's some bigger quietly, yeah. quietly having a great season. Uh, four top 12 weeks, two weeks in the top uh, at 27 and 24, and then two weeks outside of the top 30. Um, but looking at that, you go, all right, actually DK Metcalf, he, he's got a pretty solid season on him so far. He's actually, the, uh, by my ratings, and I'm still tweaking him, seeing you know what's actually what here, uh, but my initial ratings here in terms of consistency, he's second best in the whole league in terms of giving you a consistent output. 
that's your performance score, isn't it bob is that yeah what you that range for? of outcome um range of outcome window um i'm tweaking all of the 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 math on all these things and trying to figure out what's what and figure out if i can actually do like a predictive model with this thing because that's really what's going to be the the ticket here is if i can get this to be predictive in some fashion um but at least as things sit right now um based off of how i've calculated out points and whatnot dk metcalf is just behind cooper cup as the most consistent and most startable wide receivers in fantasy football well that's a statement right there um and i think you're right it's been quiet if he's that you know cooper cup's been a Easy, yeah, yeah. Um, He's been top 20 every week except for one Cooper Cup. That's pretty good. All right, very good. Let's move on to the next game. Uh, we already spent too much time on both these Philly Denver. Uh, I'll run through this one pretty quickly. I don't think there's a ton of fantasy pieces here. Bobby, you mentioned Howard last week, running back wise in Philly against Denver. I just don't play any running back. Um, I think Hertz is still very playable, and I think you know he's a top probably top 12. Uh, quarterback um, for the most part in most weeks he's been there. Um, I think he's one of those more consistent, probably higher on your row score if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go there. And number then, two. Know, uh, is, is he number two? There you go. He's number two. Uh, only only one week outside of the top 12. Yeah, that's pretty good. So uh, then the next guy on Philly that, you know, I think you got to start Goddard. Um, but I, I really do like the idea of Smith who had a good week last week. Um, so those are some guys to target there on the Denver side. I still think that running back room is just inconsistent. Um, Philly is okay against the run and they've had good games against the run, bad games against the run, kind of a mixed bag. Um, and with the way Denver plays, they'd like to slow the game down, down a little bit. They'll spread out that wealth. And I just don't see a lot of points being scored here. So it's tough to see a lot of guys in Denver as startable. Um, you know, pay attention to Jerry Judy. Again, I, I don't know what he did last week. I didn't look it up at this time. But, um, you know, he could be somebody now that he's back and healthy and playing. Uh, could be just an in- intriguing play. Um, and pay attention if, if Fant can get off the COVID-19 stuff. Um, you know, you're always looking for – he's a pretty pretty solid tight end, probably more likely a, a top 12 tight end again next yeah, year. Yeah, he has already been uh... – practicing already is already back so okay yeah. and, um and judy had six for 69 i think the biggest thing is it just hurts sutton a lot yeah absolutely yeah because judy six for 69 if you started them you're not disappointed but you're you know you'd like a touchdown in there but that's that's a pretty solid line um for a guy that's you know that's probably your flex play wide receiver that week to your point there joe about you know how much scoring is actually going to happen here one of the lower uh, Vegas lines at uh, 45, 45 and a half, depends on where you're at. Yeah. Um, but only 45 points. That's one of the lower scores that we'll see in a week. Um, and so, yeah, not sure how much scoring will happen. Um, part of me actually hopes that, you know, these Denver running backs and, um, and Fant kind of have some lower week. Uh, output here especially against philly philly has one of the best pass defenses in the league um but that is one that denver actually has the easiest remaining schedule against running backs easiest tight end schedule as well and so if they have some down weeks 
there's some easy targets to go after for your remainder of the season for some uh, some trades, especially if you are feeling like you're comfortable and in, in, in a playoff position, uh, you can set yourself up nicely there. Yep. Going on to the next one, Arizona, Carolina, John. Yeah, I think it's depending on how Kyler plays. I think now um, Connor's a lot better play at running back, but tougher matchup against Carolina's defense. Oh, they've, they've been slipping a little bit more recently. Um, <clears throat> wide receiver, I think you want to watch, see if Hopkins is going to play. If Hopkins plays, I mean, I feel like it's still kind of tough. A.J. Green's still out. So I think if he doesn't play, it makes it better for Rondale Moore and Christian Kirk. But um, they've still been pretty inconsistent. Rondale Moore really hasn't performed in four weeks. So you're probably leaning more towards Christian Kirk uh, as being kind of the wide, re- the really the only wide receiver you want to start. And then Zach Ertz has looked um, pretty good since he came over. And then yeah. from, from Carolina, Darnold just sucks. He's terrible. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah. I don't I, know is Darnold. It's looking like it's going to be a PJ Walker week. From what I'm saying. Oh yeah. Darnold's out. So yeah, it's yeah. gonna be PJ Walker. So yeah, I, so is that better or <laughs> I mean well, I, that's I feel like it's better point. for McCaffrey because I feel like he'll at least dump the ball off to McCaffrey. Yeah. Um but I feel like I mean then really the only people you're gonna start is DJ Moore and McCaffrey. That's it. Yeah, I don't think you even consider the other people, um, in my opinion, in that game. Uh, very nice. Tampa, Washington's next. On the Tampa side, uh, you know, this is one of those seasons where, like last year, people would have been like, well, Tampa- Washington's defense is really good. You don't really want to uh, uh, play against, you know, Bobby's whole matchup stuff. That's long gone. I, I asked earlier how yeah. long does somebody have to be good for in order or bad in that case in order for you to start trusting them or just giving up on them. Uh, I think we've hit the ten week mark with Washington. It's just it's time. You know, if you thought Washington defense was going to be good, it's just not happening. Um, so anyway, on that note, uh, Tampa Bay wise, you're definitely looking at across the board starting who you can. So Fournette, Evans, Godwin, those guys all make a ton of sense. I, I'm hopeful that uh, Gronk plays, um, but not like one of those like he's on the field and dressed but doesn't touch the field. I think he's getting close to fully healthy and has a chance. But pay attention to that. They might just continue to hold him out, give him some, you know, time off for a nice little, you know, staycation if you want to call it that. Um Antonio Brown, it looks like is not practicing this week with his ankle injury, so don't plan on him playing. Uh and yeah, and the, didn't they sign like Rashard Perriman or something like that? Yep. So that that's not exactly a, a very welcoming sign there as well. One other thing that popped up, uh, Godwin actually popped up on the injury report oh, early this week. And so this, I mean, if you have Mike Evans, this might be a big Mike Evans week, really. Um, and Yeah, and I think if, if Brown, Godwin, and um, Gronk all don't play, I would also try to pick up Tyler Johnson. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's been involved in some more plays since Brown has been out. Yeah. Very um, flex worthy and a great matchup. 
Yeah. On the Washington side, just real quick, it, you have to start McLaurin. It actually might be a good matchup for him. There's just no depth in the Tampa Bay's um, defensive backs. Uh, and then on the running back side, this is like you. This is like almost a dream week for – not a dream week, don't get me wrong, but in some degrees I feel like J.D. McKissick could be the most involved in this offense he's ever been, right? I mean, they're probably going to be behind mm-hmm. to throw the ball a lot. He's one of those type of guys. But then you have Curtis Samuel, who is more than likely playing this week for the first time. Is it the first time or is it the second game? Second game. Second yeah, game. He didn't he didn't practice today, so something to keep an eye on. They're trying to get him back, but he uh, there's still some skepticism on whether or not he will actually be back this week. Yeah, um, and especially like not Logan, practicing Logan this time of week. Uh, sounding like he might be back this week as well. Yeah. So yeah. just a couple and, guys to pay attention to there. I think the only one that I think is a, a worthy, you know, worthy flex, or maybe more of just like a in deeper leagues, like you know, could be a good flex play is JD McKissick, um, and then obviously you're starting McLaurin, like we said. So that's kind of where that game's at. Um, any other comments before we go to Detroit Pittsburgh, John? Nope. All right, Detroit Pittsburgh. It's all you. I mean, Detroit. I feel like are you are you really going to start anyone other than? Swift at this point. Hawkinson would be the only other just because yeah, of the tight, end. tight ends. Yeah. And Hawkinson yeah. after his Yeah, Rocket I mean Hawkinson start. Rock yeah, he had a huge start then the last three weeks have been better. He's at least getting the targets and um getting volume. Mm-hmm. But I mean he, outside yeah. of that, I'm not starting any wide receiver. The thing is about Hawkinson is yeah, like I said, Rockets start two top three finishes weeks one and two, and then unstartable for three weeks. Yeah, but then week but, six, seven, and eight coming up until that bye, those were all top twelve performances. Yeah, the tight end position is just such a dumpster fire this year that you're. Yeah. I mean, who else are you gonna start? Right. There, there's well, in that no same one. game, Friar Muth. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's been he's been tops the last couple of weeks. Pat yeah, Fryer, he's had some good weeks. Had some good weeks. Baby Gronk. There you go. Called him Baby Gronk for a reason. Yep. Yeah, and then I mean Pitt. I feel like I mean obviously you're starting Harris. You're I I feel like if I have Fryermuth at this point, he's starting unless I have you know one of the top four tight ends. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably settling into that like easy start if you didn't draft like Waller, Kelsey, Hawkinson, or uh, Pitts. Yeah. Um, and I think the, I mean, the Pittsburgh wide receivers have just been really disappointing this year. I don't know that you're starting anyone other than Johnson at this point. Yeah. Well, especially Claypool looks like he's uh, week to week at this point after his injury last week. Yeah, he's listening as questionable, but I, I haven't seen anything more updated. But, I mean, if he's out, I'm not trying to start James Washington or anyone else. Yeah, I'm not going to get in on that bandwagon either. Yeah, exactly. it, it's, it's a pretty straightforward game of who you're going to start. Yep. Yep, all right. Well, next one going into Buffalo and the Jets. I'll take that one real quick. Buffalo's – you know, Jets, um, they've been okay really defensively. So I wouldn't say this is a matchup. You're like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I'm going to have a great week out of my Buffalo players. After what we saw last week with Buffalo against Jacksonville, I'm not, like, concerned. 
but it was pretty abysmal uh, last week. So a lot of teams, NFL is a copycat league. You see one way to beat a team, they're going to start throwing it at you. So uh, just as an example, be, you know, be, you know, temper your expectations in Buffalo, but Diggs is this absolute starter. Anybody that took that Zach Moss and said, I'm going to start him this, this last week was severely disappointed. I think he got like three points or something crazy like that. Yeah, but he got hurt. I was, I get it, but still, you're disappointed. Uh, he did get hurt, and they say, what are they saying right now? Um, he's in the concussion protocol, so they don't know if he'll practice or when he'll play. Uh, and the one thing that the Jets have given up is a good bit of points in is running back. So I think they're 32nd against them, fantasy-wise. So maybe there's a chance there. Um, Sanders, Beasley, um, again, I think those guys are both flexible, uh, depending on your depth and who you got. Um, and obviously you're starting uh, Allen. And then the New York Jets side, um, we talked a little bit about this last week. Um, but, you know, I think Michael Carter is a guy you can pretty consistently at least put in a flex position. Buffalo's defense has been phenomenal all year. Okay. Their yeah. last year's Washington, right? Um, and, I, you know, it's, it's tough because the only real player that you could think about starting is probably Carter – maybe Davis, but Davis is going to go against um, the stud defensive back uh, for Buffalo, Tredavis White. So he's not really playable. So it's tough to just to, to look at anybody across the board in New York with the Jets, um, but the only guy to maybe consider is Carter. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I feel good about Carter because, I mean, last week was a dud against Indy, but the two weeks before he had eight and nine catches. Yeah. So yeah. I, feel, right. I feel like there, I feel like that's kind of their better recipe for how to game plan with Carter, and I think they'll hopefully learn from last week. Well, not only that, but that's a, that just shows you a floor, right? I mean, I think a lot of it when you're looking at a guy like Carter, just playing him in general. Like I said, you're looking at him as a flex more than anything else. If he's your second running back, you're you're not in a good spot. Um, so if you're looking at him as a, as a flex, like that's exactly what you want. You want a guy that you can say, okay, I'm going to get a good baseline number out of him, uh, and that's really what you want out of your flex spot. So I, I agree that that could be a good play. It just depends on if that's how they use him or not. Yeah, and I, I think know. he's about running back 20 on the year, and he wasn't a starter for the first four weeks. So. Yeah, yeah, they, definitely makes they do, some runs at that. The, the sorry Jets have a uh, 47.5 point, point spread uh, in Vegas, and so – you're not expecting a whole ton of points, probably maybe 20 to 27 is kind of that line right there. Um, and so it's just a matter of who do you think is going to score some of those points. Elijah Moore coming out uh, big last week. Um, so maybe something more happening there with him, but we'll see it maybe contingent on what Corey Davis injury return looks like. Yeah. Uh, next game, Jacksonville Indy. John, why don't you take that one? Yeah, I mean, I feel like Jacksonville, it's hard to start. I, I Maybe um, Dan Arnold is kind of jumping up as a tight end that you might be able to rely on. Uh, <laughs> that's that's and why we'll say in defense of Jacksonville, James Robinson's been pretty good until he yeah, got hurt. Until he got hurt, it um, looks. It sounds like Robinson should be back this week. 
that's what I'm hearing too. But he is playing Indy, and they got a tough run defense. So, again, matchups there. But uh, I, I'm one, for example, that has Robinson on my team. You're not and sitting Robinson. He has to play for me. There's just not. I don't have a lot of you know, options. So that's just an example um, there. But but yeah, I, that's one guy. But yeah, other than that, John, I think you're probably right. Arnold might be the other guy. <laughs> yeah, and then I mean, Indianapolis. It looks like it's looking like Taylor's going to be the leading rusher in the league with Henry out. So I feel like if you wherever you drafted him, you feel good about that. Um, and I think. You know, Wentz is kind of a good streaming option at quarterback if you're going that route this week against Jacksonville. And then um, wide receiver, I don't know that you really want to start anyone other than Pittman. Right. Pittman's been just a delight lately. And one guy that, one guy to, you know, if you need a, a, here's my desperation play of, uh, Zach Pascal, the last three weeks, he's got uh, seven, eight, and nine targets in those games. Uh, and, and as I mentioned earlier, Wentz has had those top 15 performances over the last couple of weeks here as well. And so he's someone that could have a, at least a little bit of flex-worthy play if you're in a, in a bind there. Uh, but this is, again, uh, a low-scoring projected game at 47.5 points as well in Vegas. Um, I did want to update real quick. James Robinson actually is a was a did not practice this uh, today on Wednesday, and so something to at least still monitor throughout the week. But early reports were saying he's projecting to be able to play this week, but we'll see. Who knows how these um, these heel injuries kind of come around for him? Yeah, definitely pay attention there if you got him. Um, all right, that kind of goes to the port outs, and we took a little bit more time. We got to learn how to go faster, but that's okay. Uh, oh, Joe, Nick, it's hard. It's hard to go through a port out game, and that's weird. I know it is, isn't it? Um, but a lot of the reasons why we took too long is because you kept talking. Uh, anyway, going into the next one. So the first one of the of the kind of take a shots games here is Kansas City Las Vegas. Um, I do think this could be a fun one to watch. I mean, we had a pretty fun one uh, when they played the first time this season. So. Uh, any comments here as we get going uh, on this game? Bobby, we'll give you the first one. Kansas City, Las Vegas. Uh, this is actually one of the highest uh, over-unders for the, for the week, so we're projecting a lot of points there. Um, I do like a lot of guys in this game just for that reason. Um, we're probably going to see a lot, of, a lot of scoring, and so um, there's really, as I think about it, everyone – that you have within this game, you're probably going to be starting if it's, you know, one of those top tier players. Um, we'll see what happens with Clyde Edwards Lair. I don't think he's going to be back just yet. And so you probably are still going to be starting uh, Darnell Williams yeah. or Daryl Williams. Um, Mahomes, you're starting despite what I was saying earlier. Well, um, you are starting him every single week. Because he is Patrick Mahomes. Um, I do like Pat, uh, Pat Carr. I do like Derek Carr as well, given the matchup. Um, and I do like him season long going forward as well. Jacobs and Jake, we already talked about. You're starting them. Renfro is actually a nice, um, a nice boost with 
his role in Vegas as well. Probably not starting anybody else beyond that. And Renfro would be a, a flex play for me. You like Waller and you like Kelsey as well. Uh, you're starting Hill. Not really much to say here. Yeah, I think Renfro is a solid play this week. I think Edwards is kind of a desperation pickup play. Yeah. Just with the scoring and pace of play you're expecting. Well, and, um, and Renfro, here's the thing I like to say on Renfro real quick, just because we're on this game, we can spend another minute. Um, like, I, I don't know if anybody else has paid attention to him. I've, I've had him kind of as a, you know, just kind of a, a potential flex for me on some teams. Um, but he's been incredibly consistent across the board. And he just hasn't scored many touchdowns. So, again, if you just think of, well, you know, there's not a whole lot of options now to kind of go around. Last week, you know, again, I think I said this, nine targets again last week, seven catches. He's He hasn't had a single game over 100 yards, but still pretty consistent. He, had, he scored a touchdown last week, got him up to 15 points. You know, I do like him uh, just as somebody to consistently pay attention to if you need a good solid floor kind of flex player. Um, next game, uh, Minnesota Chargers. John, I'll give this one to you. Yeah, I think the biggest thing to watch here is what happens with Cook for the week. Um, hopefully, if you have Cook, you have Mass. And I, I'm assuming that Dalvin's going to play this week. Um, but I, I think this could be another high-scoring game. Minnesota's defense just has trouble holding, stopping anyone that has talent on offense. And the Chargers are loaded. And then Minnesota is missing people on the offensive side. They're missing people on the defensive line, defensive backfield. So I think it's going to be an easy game for um, the Chargers to go up and down the field. And I think just with how the Vikings have played, they just kind of played their competition this year. Yeah, I think they'll um, they'll be able to score on the Chargers. Um, so I think you're, you know, starting Cook, starting um, Jefferson and Thielen. I think Conklin is probably a decent play. Um, yeah. then... They are not great against tight ends, and so that's a solid play. Yeah, and and uh, note I'll make on this, John, is the same note I made last week for the Baltimore versus Minnesota game. Minnesota has lost – every one of their losses is within like four points, with the exception of the Browns, who they lost 14-7, to seven, okay? So every loss that – One score. Is, has come down – has been inside of one score and has been close. Most of those games have been somewhat higher scoring. So I see, you know, same thing. Like I, I think this is, and we'll talk about it in our in our DK one a little bit um, too. But you know, this is one of those games I'm looking at and saying, okay, how can I get a piece of that game? Um, and there's a lot of options across the board on players you can start on both sides of the ball. Yeah, yeah. So. I think you're pretty much starting everyone. Yeah, yeah. everyone who's a major name. Yeah, one one guy to keep an eye on would be uh, Allen for the Chargers. Um, it looked like he popped up on the injury report, so something to keep an eye on. Um, might make it a bigger uh, Mike Williams game then because of that, and maybe a little bit more of the Ted and Cook uh, 
getting involved as well. Yeah, we'll get into the next game here, uh, Cleveland versus New England. I'm going to start with New England more specifically on one player. Uh, and this one will don't really need to spend a whole lot of time on. I don't think there's a ton of analysis here, but um, might take uh, – I put it in here because we can talk about, a little bit about OBJ and where he ends up. So looking at New England running back Damian Harris, um, I was one of those guys that said, you know what, I'm going to take some later round running backs, maybe take a little risk. And I did it with Harris uh, in two of my leagues. And one of those leagues I have since dropped Harris – or didn't drop him, I traded him. Uh, and what I felt like was a decent trade that involved Harris and, and Chase Edmonds. I was receiving Edmonds, and now Edmonds is hurt. But when I made the trade – um, Yeah, idiot, right? When I made the <laughs> trade, though, Damian Harris had like two touchdowns on the season. Since I've made that trade, Damian Harris has scored a touchdown every single game and two in one of those games. See? <laughs> idiot. Yeah, exactly. So what I like to say on that in particular for him, he's going to be more touchdown dependent if you are playing him. Um, but uh, he does see some good volume, so not a bad option. On the New England side, that's really one of the only guys I'm truly like looking at starting this week. I think everybody else is pretty difficult against a fairly good Cleveland defense. On the Cleveland side of the ball, uh, New England's the same, right? They, they have a good defense. I think this is one of those lower-scoring games. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be too excited about anybody. It looks like um, Chubb is out again. Uh, so is Hunt. So if you took that flyer on Ernest Johnson, this is another Ernest Johnson week. Um how much is he going to really score for you? Again, temper little expectations with New England. Uh, and then a wide receiver, I mean, you know, maybe you consider Jarvis Landry. He didn't have the most impressive week um, last week with only, like, three catches. Um, so it's kind of tough to, to trust him or really anybody else in Cleveland. So kind of a boring game there, but uh, paying attention to, to those two running backs, really the only starters. Uh, Atlanta, Dallas, Bobby. I'm gonna give that one to you. Um, so Atlanta, Dallas. Actually, this is a weird Matt Ryan week. Um, he actually had a good week last week, and given the matchup, it could happen again. Um, and a lot of that actually might come in the form of scoring from Mr. Cordell Patterson, who's just been a revelation. Uh, <laughs> Just amazing what they've been able to do with this man. Um, so you definitely still starting. Like you still want to trade him, Cordell Patterson? Yeah, yeah. If I can get something more consistent, sure. I mean, he's been <laughs> consistent. <laughs> yeah. oh, I love you, Bobby. I think you're. If I can get something better. Of course, I'm gonna gonna trade him. Yeah, um, we'll tra- trade me Jonathan Taylor for him. Sure, we'll trade him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> there you go. Why not? Uh, I can get my voice to go higher if we need to. Um, <laughs> but looking at it, though, Atlanta, they're middle of the road in terms of remaining schedule. I mean, they're about 18th when it comes to um, – oh, no, actually, I was looking at their quarterback schedule. Running back schedule remaining for the season 27th. Um, and so that is part of why I'm more so selling on him. Anyways – uh, you're starting him this week if you have him or trying to trade him for something else. Uh, 
<laughs> when it comes to wide receivers, um, Russell Gage it seems to be uh, one of the better players when it comes to uh, who they're going to be throwing the ball to unless uh, we hear anything different from Ridley. But, we'll, you know, he may or may not even return this season. Um, we'll see what happens with all that. And then uh, Kyle Pitts, you're going to be starting him. Um, I'm surprised that he's not even more involved than he's been. Uh, but we'll see what happens there. Dallas side of the ball, you're starting everybody. Um, that there's nobody. There's nothing really more to say. Yeah. You're starting all the guys. Fair. Fair. Good enough. Uh, John, San Fran, L.A. You got it. Yes, San Fran. We have the return of Kittle. I mean, last week he. Um, even when they kind of had a snap count for him, he had six for one on one and a touchdown. Right. Which finally giving people who drafted him in the kind of top three rounds of production they were looking for. Finally. Finally. And then um, I think last week was kind of finally saw something from Ayuk mm-hmm. and saw, I mean, Debo still had nine targets, so I I don't think, you know, Ayuk is going to become the number one wide receiver anytime soon. I think it's still Debo, but I think Ayuk is now at least, you know, flex consideration, wide receiver three consideration. Um, yeah. Maybe having Gronk back just helps open it up for him a little bit, too. I got a question on that, John. I'll, I'll, I'll try to make a bet with you here. Between uh, Ayuk and Debo, who has the better week this week? Fantasy overall fantasy points, full PPR. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Ayuk, assuming that Ramsey's on Debo. Okay, well, my bet was I'm going with Ayuk. So if you want to take Samuel, we got a bet. If not, then we're done. Sure, I'll take Debo. All right, here we go. We got a bet. That way, we got we have to have our own bet so Bobby doesn't make any more points. <laughs> I'd rather give it to you than my brother. Um, anyway, okay, first bet. Keep going. Um, I think I think Mitchell is startable if you have him. Um, the Rams have a good defense, but I I think they've still been middle in the pack against the run game. Then on LA side, uh, I think you're. You know, San Francisco has been one of the easier teams against quarterbacks, even though they have a decent defense. I think you feel good starting Stafford, assuming that um, his injury isn't more severe uh, than um, we might think it is. I think you feel good starting Henderson. You feel – I mean, you're obviously starting Cup. You're starting Woods. And then, I mean, Higby is just kind of that – like if he's just kind of in the boat of tight ends who tight ends like eight to 20 who all suck and just pick one and maybe you get a touchdown. Yeah. So Higby does this weird thing where in odd numbered weeks, he does good. And on even numbered weeks, he's in the bottom 25. <laughs> so right. even position. number week. So even number don't week. Don't start Higby. Right. Don't start him. And you want to know the worst thing, Bobby? 
<laughs> You've done it the opposite way with your starts. Week 11, he's a buy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so he's unstartable so his for three next, weeks. His next two games are just going to be horseshit. Yeah. Duds. That's so funny. Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, I think it's enough of that game. Let's move on to the last one here. And it's the only one, you know, and sadly, I don't even know that it's a drink it slow game. Um, I do feel like it's probably one of the better ones on the slate, at least for the early day games. And that's New Orleans, Tennessee. Uh, obviously, we saw some good things out of Tennessee, even not having um, Derrick Henry. They still stood there you know, on their head and did well. Um, so speaking of them real quick on Tennessee's side, Bobby, I think you were, I think we talked a little bit. I think, I don't know if we, I know we didn't make a bet, but I think it was a discussion. And I said, I think um, that at least for the first few weeks, McNichols might be a better guy giving way to Adrian Peterson later on. Um, I think it was pretty proven early on. He only got like nine points, but Adrian Peterson was clearly the top back. Um, for them for the most part all of last week. Um, so definitely something to consider there. Now, on the starter side, who do you play? What do you do? Um, I think A.J. Brown is a startable player, and I've never been a fan of A.J. Brown all year, but you're starting him. Julio, if he plays, I think is, is startable as well. Um, and I just, again, think that those two guys will be uh, the most involved offensively uh, now that Henry is out. Um, on the New Orleans side, uh, Kamara is an absolute starter. Um, and after him, I think the – what's his name? Did he score two touchdowns last week, Marquez Callaway, or just one? Callaway last week? Yeah. I feel like he scored one. Maybe I'm wrong. He got one. He got one. Uh, anyway, he's somebody – Tennessee's not great against wide receivers. they not great on ESPN. They're ranked 32nd. So, um, I like Callaway a little bit. But I actually like um, – I think if anybody has him available, it, it could be a decent pickup. Traquan Smith, uh, he was kind of the number two wide receiver last year. Um in New Orleans, and I think he starts to get – he's been injured for the most part this season. He could start to get a little bit more involved. If that happens, you're going to – it could bode well for you, but we'll see. Um, so, anyway, on the New Orleans side, it's it's Kamara, and that's really it. So, this is most definitely not a drink-it-slow game, but something that I thought would be a decent game for us to discuss a little bit. But any, any yeah. other comments on this one? I mean, Kamara has a knee sprain, so I think watch that. Maybe if you have Kamara, pick up Ingram if he's available. Or if you're kind of desperate. Yep. Fair Mm -hmm. enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's get the last piece of this uh, podcast here. We got the Niehoff guarantee, the Bobby's ballers, and whatever John wants to call his. Have you figured it out yet, John? No. You two first. John, I, I think it should be called John's Nameless Wonders. And he just, like, names a weird, obscure player. I, I think that's kind of fun. I agree. I don't. I don't mind that idea. Bobby, because, why don't you go first? Be, your... Well, because uh, and part of it's just because of the nameless nature of his uh, his whole thing here. Yeah. Um. So I mentioned him a little bit earlier. Zach Pascal. I think this is a a week where he jumps up and he'll be a top fifteen wide receiver this week, um, and be able to. You know, definitely be a flex-worthy player. 
for you. These they're at home against the Jaguars, uh, and he's been getting a fair amount of work. So Zach Pascal is is my kind of flyer for the week here. I like it. I like it. Uh, all right. So for me, I I've had some difficulties this week and think because I've gone through a couple of different people, but the guy I'm going to highlight is none other than Julio Jones. Um, and I know Bobby loves this because <laughs> how, how good is Julio Jones? How good is Julio Jones? How good is he? Um, I, I'm going to put Julio Jones is a top 20 wide receiver this week. So it's not crazy bold, but it's bold enough for me to, you know, encourage some Julio startability, uh, at least for this week. So nothing, like I said, nothing crazy, but that's my, that's my bold prediction. He hasn't been, by the way, other than week two, he hasn't been top 20 all year. So that's that's why um, I consider it bold. He's what do you got, John? He's not good. <laughs> I'll go if, with if we, if in, in the uh, shit storm of tight ends that we've had for the year, if you're looking for someone to pick up and start or a cheap guy on DraftKings at 2600 right now, Playing against the terrible Minnesota Vikings is Donald Parham Jr. I think, you know, he could easily kind of sneak in for a touchdown, give you two to four catches, give some value. Like it. And the Vikings suck. <laughs> they do. Yeah, unfortunately, our our favorite team is is not so great. All right, Bobby, you got a sign off for us this week? Oh, let me get it up for you. Hold on. I was not prepared for I didn't we flew through this this time. It was it was quicker than what we've had in the past, I'll tell you that. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. Edit this part out. Yeah, right. Uh, oh, here it is. Okay. Oh no, this. Okay, no. Ah, f- I don't have one right now. I don't have one today. Well, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got one. I Goodbye. Got one. Oh, I got oh one. God. <laughs> I got one. All right, let's okay. hear it. Always come prepared. Cheers. Cheers. Jesus. Uh, Oh, my God. That's not a real one, but it's terrible. So, good night. All right. That's okay. We'll end with that. Bye. Peace. See you.